remain standing, please put your best hand together for our dear brother, Bishop Robert Hooks. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm glad to see you. Would you please grab someone by the hand real quickly? Father, we love you. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the singing and the praise and the prayers and for these dear people whom you love. We're so grateful to be here on this, uh, this afternoon. Pray that you would give us listening ears. Do what is impossible for men. Heal and deliver. We curse cancer. We curse every malignant tumor, every sickness, every incurable disease. We declare on today that you are a healer. And we are expecting the miracle in Jesus' name. You take a moment out and shout for a minute just just because you want to. Um, you, you may be seated to, of course, Pastor and uh, his first lady and the first lady of this ministry. I love very much. You all have an amazing pastor. They, I'm telling you, we're, I'm telling you, amazing pastor. Love him. And, um, of course, all of our pastors, I don't see Pastor Donahue in here right now. He's, uh, he's having to take it. Pastor Bruno. We've been messing with him. I love him. He's a great, great preacher. We've got some great preachers this week, um, some amazing pastors. And again, I'll say what I said, try to, if I can remember it all, um, to Pastor Morocco, Dr. Morocco, if he's listening. Love you. That thing is on, right, in the back? All righty then. I love you, Apostle. You're an amazing man. Thank you for speaking into my life. And uh, sure, miss you. That's for sure. Lots. Um, we're going to go to the Word. Pastor Josh, how you doing, man? You doing good? It's so good to see you, of course, and just hang out. We've been family. We've been hang- hanging out. Y'all don't understand. I had some chocolate chip cookies last night. The, the Lord blessed me. And I had some apple pie the first day. The Lord blessed me. I had some. What was that thing that they made? The, the, uh, eggplant. Y'all don't know what that is, huh? See, I never had that in the hood. I'm just... But it was good, I tell you that. It was so good. It was so good. So I've been blessed the whole time here, eating and fellowshipping and meeting you all is great. We're going to go to the Word. You ready? You all ready? Let's take a trip. I want you to take your Bibles, and we're going to look at some passages that are very familiar. We're going to examine some things on the day. Um, Investigation is good. We should have a heart to want to investigate for clarity in detail. Not everybody is interested in detail because when you start dealing with details, it's easy to get bored. And that's why some people don't like coming to church because they feel like the preacher's too detailed and they don't like that. They want to get a drive through and go home and sit down or whatever. But the word wants us to be searchers and seekers of the details of what God has said. Okay. And whether you can qualify them or not is not important. Whether you can figure it all out is not important. The fact is that you have the details. And God begins to work some details in you. Um, and how many of y'all know that that's just the truth? Put your hand up. How many of you feel wiser now than you've ever been? Some of you are not sure. I don't know about that. 
And some of y'all thinking of those wise five virgins and those foolish five virgins. They were all wise, right? No. Half of them were wise and half of them were fools. You look at somebody and say, don't be no fool. Half was wise and half was fool. I remember a story that preacher was preaching on the ten virgins and and uh, he was talking about the wise, the five wise and the five fools, but they were virgins. And at the end of his sermon, he said, uh, have you been dealing with, with some things going on and you're a virgin, it's hard for you to let go of whatever you're struggling with and you're virgins that we know that's difficult to find these days. He said, I want you to stand up now so we can have prayer. And this woman, nine months, stood up pregnant. And the pastor said, you ain't no virgin. She said, yes, I am. I'm one of those foolish ones. You, you guys are slow. You're slow. Alaska, you're slow. <laughs> oh, I love being here. You guys are so funny. I just like, oh, get your Bible. Let's go. I want us to look at a few passages on today. I do believe, <laughs> you know what, Pastor Josh has this anointing for Boaz. We're really, we're really praying for that prosperity to uh, just stretch out. Who said amen? <laughs> oh my goodness. Will y'all look at somebody and tell them the Lord is good. He's good. And tell them to smile. Tell them, tell them go ahead and smile. See, I, I don't, it's hard to be around folks that don't like to smile. Have you ever seen mean people that just don't smile because they're too holy? You ever, I've been in churches where people didn't smile. It was scary. I, really, you just go in and say, oh my God, I see church people. I mean, they're just really, they're like scary, man. I think we ought to smile. Amen? You got something to smile about, be happy about, you think? Man, all right. Get your Bibles. Let's look at a few passages. A few things that I want to draw to your attention on today. I don't know if some of you were here earlier, if you were, praise God, if you wasn't. I want to talk a little about what I talked about earlier today. Mainly what I'm wanting to do is to, um, to really help some of us that are not as healthy as we should be emotionally. Always remember this. First of all, emotions have no brains. Emotions have no brains. That's why sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. Emotions have no brains. What did I say to you? They have no brains. They don't. And that's why you can sit down and you know it well. I mean, I don't know why people even watch scary movies. I'll get in my message in a minute. Just hold on. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. You know, they watch scary movies. They know that this is, you know, Freddy Krueger don't exist. You know that fool don't exist. I mean, you know it. You absolutely know it. You know that Dracula and Blackula don't exist. You know that. But by the end of the movie, you got 15 crosses, got garlic and everything going on. You're calling a pastor, pray for me. Some, I feel something in my house. I mean, you are emotionally caught up in the scene, right? Emotions, they operate based on the way you think, okay? How many of y'all understand that? Put your hand up if you understand it. So emotions have no brain. They only respond to the way you're thinking. So if God can capture your attention, because some of us, there's times when God, has, when God has our attention, but he doesn't have our heart. But he wants your attention enough so he can get your heart. He created the heart so he can possess that. That's personally his. That's what he wants. 
And so we're finding a lot of people that are emotionally unstable in the house of God. They're really struggling. They're saved. They're sanctified. They, they speak in tongues. They spit. They run around seven times. They got the whole thing. They roll. I mean, they got everything. They do the jump, look like a kangaroo. They got the whole thing. And yet they're so unhappy and so unstable emotionally. That's been a great concern as I've traveled over the country. What's happening? I understand the world. They have reasons for those that don't know the Lord. They have a reason. I get that. I understand the sin factor. But for believers, there's something about who you are in him that you should be concrete. You shouldn't have a passing joy. There should be something in you that you know that your joy is him. So here's my point on today. I'm wanting to help anyone that will allow the word of God to impact them. I want you so strong, so stable, so ready. I want your life to be so forceful that nothing can stop it, period. Get it? No, none of this kind of praise that's up and down. I mean, like really crazy for God all the time. How many of y'all want that all the time? Great. I don't mean church crazy. I said crazy for God all the time. Put your hand up if that's you. Hold it up. Let me see. Because some people are church crazy. But I'm talking about crazy for Jesus. Look at somebody and say, I'm, I'm crazy. Don't I look like it? <laughs> God wants you absolutely in love with him. I don't know about you. When I first got saved... Oh man, I, I, you know, I was, I was, a, I was a mess before I got saved. I know I don't look like it, but I was. I was a mess. I, I was young. I was just a young kid, and uh, when the Lord saved me, I was jacked up in so many areas. And when the Lord really delivered me, I found, I found some things that happened. When you first get saved, you just fall in love. You just, you love everybody. You all remember that? Some of you said it's been too long. How many of you remember when you first got saved? Put your hand up. You just loved everybody, right? right? Right. You gave everything, right? Our church was 15 miles away. I walked to church 15 miles and walked back from church. I walked 30 miles every single day, 365 days, because we believed in having church every day. We didn't have this, this little, little dab of do you kind of thing. We had church every day. We had church every day. So I walked 30 miles. I walked 30 miles, miles a day, came home from school, did all my housework, because if my family didn't play, you get your housework done. You go talk, you give your soul to Jesus, but your behind belong to me, get your housework done. <laughs> so, um, Brother, Bruno, Brother Bruno told me to tell you that. So, what I did, what I, what I learned to do, I learned to come up with a routine. So come home, get my work done, and I want the church. The love that God put in my heart drove me to want to be around the saints. You want to be. You're not saved because you come to church, but when you get saved, you want to come. Right? So here's my point. So I'm walking the church, and I'm having to go by um, in, in, in our area, the, the, in San Bernardino, one of the hubs for the KKK is in San Bernardino. It is one of the biggest, largest hubs in California. So... I'm walking through these places and I am like blindly crazy in love with God. I mean, you couldn't discourage me if you tried. I've seen saints, honestly, they would be driving and be rain. Now, you know, back then I had a fro, so you had to put that plastic over your head. Y'all don't know nothing about that because you don't, you don't want things to shrink up. Shrink up. You don't want, you don't want it. You want to keep things. Never mind. So I had my church clothes and my backpack. 
I looked like I, I probably looked like I was crazy, but I was so in love with Jesus. You could not discourage me. I mean, you can call me any kind of name. You can slap me. You can do anything. I loved him so much. God put that in me. I know he put it in me because I didn't love him before that. So he put this love in me to love him. And it was like I couldn't hardly sleep. You know, I mean, I was always looking for a reason to pray. Just looking for reasons. Have y'all ever been like that? Just look for You just found reasons to pray. Just that ant. Oh, God bless that ant. I didn't know any. I had no. I didn't pray for roaches. But ants, every now and then I had compassion. So here's what I found. I found myself in this in this life that I knew nothing about. It was foreign love. People like to believe that they know the love of God based on how they love. But God's love is actually foreign to us. God's love is foreign to us. Come on, we're not that smart. His love is beyond anything you can even comprehend. So beyond until God had to send his son to reveal it. We don't know this love. We like to believe we do because we got a little feeling and we have some affections for somebody and we're emotionally tied or attached. And you've seen people that will tell you, man, I can't live without him or her, whatever. One gentleman, one young man, 20 something years old, broke my heart. He killed his girlfriend and turned around and committed suicide. And I had to preach the funeral with his two year old son there in the other room. It broke my heart. I had met him many years, come to the church off and on, didn't really know him very well, but preached to him and prayed for him and what have you. And, and so when they told me the news, and now I've got to stand up in front of these people and preach, um, the, and officiate the, the, the um, it was heartbreaking, the funeral. And, and I remember people coming up and saying things like, he really loved her, he just couldn't live without her and stuff like that. It obligated me. Because now these young people are thinking love is murder and suicide. So I'm having to stand up after them with all of their tears rolling and having to say, wait a minute. First of all, that's not love. Make no mistake about that. I don't ever want my children, my daughters. I got a lot of daughters. I never want them to think that's love. And this is what love will do. This is where you will end up when you marry somebody that loves you. So I'm having to stand up and preach it just like that, really straight. I'm, you know, if you know me, I don't play anyway. This is the reason why they call me Hitman. So I'm standing there, and I'm going, and I'm saying to them very kindly, he was mistaken, he was hurt, he was afraid, but that's not love. So there's a lot of definitions of what some of us think is love, but I'm so glad that when I encountered the love of God, it changed me and made me wanted to love. It drove me to love going amongst to be amongst God's people it I can't explain it so you can discourage me you could you could you could not discourage me and I walk right through San Bernardino Colton Fontana area I'll be walking through these areas to get to our church and there would be a, 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 a you know guys on a motorcycle and all that kind of stuff the KKK I'm walking right by them they're calling me every name and I'm just walking by hey <laughs> you couldn't use the race thing to discourage me y'all are you nervous are you nervous? Don't, listen, listen. I, I'm not caught up with the whole race junk. That's stupid. Anybody that's prejudiced got to be retarded. It's, retar it's crazy. How are you going to like a black dog and don't like black people? <laughs> you going to drive a white car and hate white folks? Stupid. If you're gonna, listen, if you're going to hate a color, be real. Dye the white in your eyes. Don't wear, don't wear no white underwear. I mean, whatever. I mean, it just makes no sense. You understand me? Anybody that's, listen, a, a person that is a Christian, 
that have not searched out the love of God, you need to go on a search and you will see, honestly, that God so loved the world, not a color, the world. So if you want to, I was born in the South. I'm sorry, I thought Jesus died for those people in the South too. That makes no sense. That, that's, did y'all hear what I said to you? Because I want you to understand clearly that the love of God drives you beyond that foolishness in those kind of reasonings. You know, I, so I was in one church, it was all black people, all black, all, I mean, chocolate chip everywhere. I didn't see one vanilla, nothing. Didn't see no butterscotch. Everything was black. And they're standing up telling me they want him to reach the whole city. And I'm rebuking them. I said, how are you going to reach the whole city and your whole church is black? I don't see nothing but Nicaroids in here. What, how, how are you going to reach the whole city and the only thing you have sitting up in here is chocolate? I was in another church, all white, none but vanilla everywhere. I was the only chocolate chip in the whole place. And they're telling, they got it on the screen, they're ready to build another church, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it's going to seat this many people. We're going to win the city. Great. Uh, there's, there's, there's only, I see white people. What, what's that got to do with anything? I'm crazy, huh? I'm crazy. When you want to reach the city, you don't look at color. When they first started our church in Visalia, you know what they said to me? You can't start a church in Visalia. Ain't no black people in Visalia. I said, I didn't know there had to be some there. You're there to reach people. Anybody, some of you are uncomfortable with that, huh? You're uncomfortable? Get over it. <laughs> All right, so one of the things that God does when that love possesses you, your whole life changes. You're driven. The force of that love drives you and it positions you in what some people would consider to be a dangerous spot. You walking down Fontana with all those KKK? Yeah. I don't know any difference. I'm just in love. I want to get to the believers. So when they called me, nigga, I just went like, I got Irish? I've got Indian? And I got African. You can't divide that. The point is, when you love, you don't care about that. People that don't know the love of God and they've only been acquainted with it and have never been intimate with it, they find reasons in their psyche to be prejudiced and to be somewhat retarded. I'm just telling you. I will not use my culture to discriminate or to tell somebody you're that and you're this. You get it? It's the reason culture is something that is taught. What's your, what's your uh, uh, culture? Alaska native. So I'm not Alaska native, duh. This cold killing me. Anyway, but if I hung around with him long enough, he would probably teach me some stuff. If I can take you out of where you are and put you in a culture, like we did with Brother Donahue, if I had him long enough, he'll be walking like this. And if he had me in his, long, in his house long enough, I'll be going, hey, hi, guy. It's taught behavior. 
stop pastor it doesn't matter it's culture but when you love it completely transcends that foolishness and some of us we have had experience in an encounter with church but never God you got the church stuff hallelujah tie my yellow bow tie Kawasaki in a Honda. You, we got, we've got the church stuff. We got, we know how to walk and say, "Praise the Lord, God bless you, bless you, bless you." Hello, how are you doing? Jesus wept. We got that stuff down. We know how to do the church stuff. We know how to carry our Bible. We we carry our Bibles professionally. Boom. We got the church. Look, everything. We got that. But it doesn't mean that you've had an encounter with the Father. Because there are certain prejudices in the church that have eclipsed the love of God. They can't love past a style. So they come to, they go to certain churches and they clap his head and shoulders in the black culture. Come on, come, come on. That's, that's all right. Go to the white church and they clap on the beat. Stop. 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 That's culture. That's not a reason to discriminate. But people that have never had an encounter with God, they use those reasons to stay on SOS, stuck on stupid. They have no idea of a love that transcends our experiences and reaches down and make you one with someone that is absolutely different culture, different race, and anything else. That's when you know somebody had an encounter with God. As long as you're using reasons to not love, we've got a problem. Will you smile now? Don't leave now. We'll make everybody look at you as you're walking out. Don't even go to the bathroom. If you get them to go to the bathroom, we're all looking. Because we just heard a message on yesterday about the wall. So what God wants to do is to help us. He wants to help us encounter a love that is so intense that it'll make you absolutely enforce you to surrender yourself in a way that you have never experienced. Some of you, you got the praise, you got all the songs, you know, coming back to the heart of worship it's all about you we even got sign language all about you Jesus. sorry for the things it's all about you all about you Jesus yeah, I mean, you got, we got all the stuff but now when it comes to dancing in the name of him and who he is, we got a problem. So then what is he doing? He's drawing you. He's making sure that you're disappointed by people. Do you notice everybody ain't scratching your ego? Oh, you're so kind. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, my. Oh, I never. You notice that every now and then you feel a knife? Ah! Oh. <laughs> you notice? You notice? You notice the last few months people been turning on you? You can't get a hold of your friends. You notice that? You haven't noticed? Is this Alaska where we at? Are we on the moon? Have you noticed? God makes sure that people disappoint you because you need it. As long as they don't disappoint you, 
you somehow believe you're in control. And we're comfortable with being in control. Some of you, I am talking to some of the greatest control freaks in the world. You can't do anything unless you're in control. I won't go to that church. I want to know where every dime is going. Every single penny. The pastor's driving my tithe. Literally driving my tithes. I want to know if he's buying bread, how much bread he's buying. You know what? You're a control freak. Once that leaves your hand, although by law there is something we need to be doing, once it leaves your hand, it's no longer yours. You entrusted God with what you seeded. You want to say something? No. The whole point is understanding that love drives you into a place to where you're no longer loveless. There's nothing worse than having a loveless marriage. A loveless church where you look like you've got it together but there is no guts you mechanically look great but there's no dynamics so God makes sure that we're able to measure whether or not we are actually loving biblically you need the disappointment I don't want to hurt your feelings but some of you listen you need the disappointments you need to go to a church where you don't really like it. Well, they were okay. It was no big deal. I, you know, I, it, it was a, the first service was better. I don't know. They're all right. I'm just, just praying. I'm just going to stay here till the Lord moves me. So in other words, you're dating the ministry and you don't want to marry it. Waiting for the next thing better to come by. Boy, I bet pastors feel good when they hear that. You're all right, Pastor. Your sermon was all right, but how would you like for us to tell you that? As a member, you all right, you stink, but it's all right. <laughs> you would never do that. So, here's the deal. God's going to stabilize us, not by the love we get, but by the love we release. You're going to find, and I'm so grateful that God is allowing many of us to go through the stages of disappointment because they're necessary. Let me say it again to you. They are necessary. Look at somebody say they're necessary. Because if they're not necessary, we will concrete ourselves on this life and on this level, and there will be no change. I want change. Lazarus needed to die. Ladies and gentlemen, he, he was Jesus' buddy. He was his homie. But he needed to die. It was necessary. He said, now listen, this is what Jesus says. He trips me out. Jesus said, you know, um, Lazarus sleeps. He said, well, you know, since he's been sick, master, I'm glad he, he sleeps now. He can, he can get better. He said, no, okay, let me tell you all plain. Lazarus dead. There was, not, there was nothing like, well, guys, we need to sit down and talk about this. We might have to bring in Dr. Phil to kind of help us get through this uh, <laughs> grieving process. No, he just straight up said, Lazarus is dead. He said, huh? Oh, yeah, he dead. Real dead. We got to go. There's a reason why. I'm glad for your sake. I'm glad for your sake. There are disappointments, ladies and gentlemen, that are necessary to set you up for a different level of faith, operation. Yes. Yes. Hearing is wonderful. You get faith by hearing, but it only operates by love. When you operate in pure love, 
There are things in miracles when you pray for people, the compassion, there are things that will not ever happen until we begin to embrace the compassion and the love of God. You can pray till you're blue in the face. You can pray until your tongue fall out. You can jump like a kangaroo until your legs fall out. Listen, at the end of the day, there is a love. If this is who God is, we would be a fool to completely disregard who he is and start running after only what's comfortable. So the, the necessity for disappointment, ladies and gentlemen, is on us. And whether you want to hear it or not, I'm glad that there's things I've been disappointed in. Lift your hand up if you're glad. I'm glad. Aren't you glad that God haven't given you everything you prayed for? Aren't you glad? I was in love. My first, my first love experience was my third grade teacher. I was in love with her. And then after I turned 18 and went to go see her, I was so glad God didn't answer my prayers. Oh my gosh, God was good to me. Everybody say all the time. Yes, spirit fingers. Thank you, Jesus. God does not answer every prayer. And there's certain prayers and certain things we must understand. God is going to let you go through disappointment. Okay, now I can read my verse. Come on, I got 20 minutes. Everybody say 20. Because somebody said, let's give, the, let's give the pastor 20. Let's give him 20. Ushers come forth. They have an offering they want to give. 20, 20. Here's my concern. You ready? We all know these verses. I want you healed. I want you to stop looking for it and start walking in it. Yes. When you know there's a church service, you're not even playing. You are going to be there. When there's something going on in this house, the love of God, literally there's a force, there's a power behind it that drives you. When you see somebody going through changes, you want to. I told you about going through this thing. Give me first Corinthians up on the screen. Thank you. I, I told you about this thing going. To, I, was, I, was, I was walking one time and these guys were just like, man, they call me. They call me nigger so many times. It sounded like a motorcycle. Nigger, 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 nigger. I mean, just. And every day it went on. Every day it went on. And some of you are shrinking. It doesn't bother me. I know who I am. So. This, uh, he, 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 and they would make fun at me and they had a dog. They would try to, you know, intimidate me with the dog. And uh, I just walked by and I just said, I'm praying for you. <laughs> and then they had a sister and she liked me. I don't know why she liked me after everything. She started feeling sorry for me. So when they went around and I'd be walking there, she'd come out and give me a cookie or something like that. And then I knew then that they were really thinking about putting me in the family tree. The one outside in the back. Maybe there's this, this, I'm just saying. Maybe there's one of those So... It was... It was interesting. And one day I went by there, six months of hearing this junk, walking in the rain, walking in the fog, walking in the cold, walking in the heat. Six, seven, maybe eight months. Went by one day and the guy that normally was always saying all the horrible things, he was out there and all of his buddies was gone and he was by himself and he looked sad. And I said, what's wrong? I said, hey, he wouldn't talk in junk. I'm just going, something got to be wrong. God sets things up. I said, what's wrong? And I walked up on the property. And I walked to where he was. His dog wouldn't act up that day. It was just perfect. You know, he just dog just sniffed around me and went back somewhere on his chain. He was shocked the dog didn't attack me. 
I just walked up to him. I said, what's wrong with you? I'm 16 years old. He said, man, you need to get off this property. I said, you just, you don't look the same. Can I pray for you? And he, put, he was just shocked. I said, I need to pray for you. He said, yeah, I guess you can. He let me pray for him. Now, y'all don't understand. When I prayed back in the day, it was a sermon prayer. I prayed where I came from. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. I mean, I, y'all don't know anything about that, but I, I almost grabbed my ear. I was so anointed. I, I started praying, boy. I was praying for him like crazy. I, got, I, got, I grabbed the tune and everything. I think I was in the E-flat. I was, I was, I was on it, man. I, I prayed like I was crazy for him. And when I looked up, tears coming down his face. I said, what's wrong? He said, my mother died. I said, man, I'm so sorry. And he let go of my hand. He didn't want to feel what he was feeling. I said, I'm going to be praying for you. The next day, the next day, I didn't see them. After the funeral, everybody's there partying, drinking and everything. And they're going to do what they normally do, talk and harass me. God knows how to set things up. And when they're trying to harass me, say, hey, man, leave them alone, man. He's all right. He's cool. Leave him alone. And the guy said, you was dead silent. Leave him alone. And I almost wanted to say, yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone, homie. <laughs> I wasn't that brave, though. <laughs> don't want to push them up. So anyway, before long, his sister started coming to church. Then he started coming to church. He started offering me, this was another five months or so, he started offering me rides to church. Before long, God broke that thing. When I walked by his house, now we're having prayer meetings and Bible studies. He didn't know what to do with his homies because, you know, they were still prejudiced. But God broke it through love and persistence. Lift your hand up if you heard what I'm saying to you. You're not going to take Alaska because you're speaking in tongues. You're not going to take Alaska and win everybody because you know all of the verbiage and vernacular, the church stuff. That's not how you're going to win. You're going to win because there's something persistent about your love. I tell people this all the time. If you want a blended church, you need a blended platform. You need to have more than one color on your board. Testing one. Is the mic on? Testing. Yes. You, whatever you have here is what you're going to have there. So if you're not used to seeing a little bit of everything, I don't have to tell you, your pastor's pretty out there. I'm telling y'all, we, Pastor Josh and I discerned it. We call him Pastor Hood. He's out there. In other words, you're going to have to get used to who God is going to trust you with. And he's not trusting you with them so you can be cynical and cruel and shun them. He's trusting you with them so you can love them and to embrace them. So look forward for the different colors and guys walking in tattooed and people with different. You don't be grabbing your purse because some of you are already purse conscience anyway. You're very purse conscience. You're purse conscience. You come up to the altar. Lord, you bring your purse with you. You fall out. Ugh. You got, you actually, you know what? You, who's the usher around here? Who is the usher? Am I supposed to be getting help? 
thank you. People can't discern nothing. See? Some of you can't even go to the altar without hallelujah. I'm telling you, they're coming. So you're going to have to get used to them not looking like you. Listen, the gays are coming. It's not an abomination. So are you, but they're coming. You want to say something? No. They're coming of every race, every color. And you're going to have to love them into the kingdom. You can't put up signs about those that are at an abortion clinic and just attack that way. You're going to have to look at them and understand why they're doing what they're doing. It's called sin. It's a sin issue. But if love handled sin from the beginning, love can handle sin now. Understand? So all of these reasons why that some of us are thinking it's not important to learn the details of this great lover called Jesus, it's important to watch how he handled the crowd and what he did with the Pharisees, the religious folks. He jacked them up. That whole thing about, uh, about y'all know Nicodemus? You know Nicodemus? You know about Nicodemus, right? He was talking, the third chapter had everything. Why are you laughing? What's wrong? I thought you were going to sleep a few minutes ago. You wide awoke now. Just, just. You remember that chapter, third chapter of John? You remember it? Interesting thing happened. He was not talking to a multitude. He was talking to a teacher. A teacher that had no idea what it meant to be born again. God is not, listen to me, he's not interested in our church function as much as he is of how your heart is functioning. And I'm telling you right now, God is going to bring a revival of love. Alaska is getting ready to be turned upside down on its ears because you're going to love Alaska enough to pray for them. I mean, come on, if you love somebody, wouldn't you pray? If all you had to do was love somebody enough to get on your face and pray, and couldn't you love that much that it would drive you to pray? Not complain, but pray. Because if God can drive you out of love to pray for your country, pray for your state, pray for the hood, pray for wherever you live, something happens when we move out of love. First Corinthians, we all know the verse, 13 chapter. You ready? First Corinthians, get quickly because I only got 20 minutes. I said that 20 minutes ago. First Corinthians 13 and 20. You would love for me to come to your church, wouldn't you? <laughs> He's going like, no, you're going to kill me. You ready? You have it up on the screen? Let's read it. Is it on the screen? First Corinthians 13 and 1, 13 and 1, waiting for you. Here we go. That's what it says. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, come on, read it with me. But have not love, I have become. Come on, wake up and say it with me. What? Sounding brass. Next verse, check it out. And though I have the gift of prophecy, uh huh, read. And can understand, do what? Wait a minute, slow down. You can understand what? You can understand, I'm sorry, what? Some of us are impressed with people that act deep. They walk up to you and say, Hi, how are you? E. eBay. You know, we're so impressed when people are shaking and moving. God's impressed with the heart. Lift your hand up and say, God, thank you for a new heart. Don't act like you understand everything and can't love. We got a problem. He said, in all knowledge, got all knowledge. Anything that a philosopher could ever have, you got that down packed. But he says, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but I. What does it say? Say it again. I am. Shout it out loud. I am. Nothing. 
Check out the next verse. Third verse. And though I bestow all of my goods, philanthropists. Okay, got it. You give all of your goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but if I have not, it profits nothing. Next verse, check it out. Love suffers long. Everybody say suffers long. If you want to know the quality of love, let me tell you, love reminds me of a tea bag. You never know how strong it is until you put it in hot water. Love suffers long. For those of us that have this little, this little kind of like, but I tried and uh-uh, I, I tried my, look, I tried. No, what do you mean you tried? Tell me what that means. Look, I forgave them three times and three, strike one, strike two, strike three. You know the law. Three times. Three times, strike one, strike two, you feel me once, twice, two, I ain't got nothing to do with you. I see you, I love you, I love you, but I don't like you. What are you talking about? What Bible are you reading? That's a comic book. What are you talking about? The Bible tells us when Peter thought he was really doing something, yeah, you know, uh, how many times should we forgive, uh, you know, you, you can see Peter now being one of those preachers. Uh, hey, Doc, uh, how long, how many, how many times should we forgive people? Uh, seven times seven. You said, what are you talking about? Because, you know, back then it was actually six, not seven. But he's going to really act spiritual and use the number seven. Jesus blew his mind. Listen, if you don't want your mind blown, don't ever follow him. He said seven times seven. You done lost your mind. Like, Try seven times seven. 490 times. Nobody offends you 490 times a day. <laughs> Except for you. Anybody, nobody else. <laughs> so love suffers. Tell me what it does. Y'all were scared to say that. Suffered. Tell me what love does. What is the length of it? Long and what is it in the process? It is also kind. So you need to be kind while you're suffering. That's an easy task, right? No. Love does not envy. Love does not what? Parade itself. It is not. Say it again. It is not. It is not puffed up and is not puffed out either. Love is not puffed up. Watch the verse. Does not behave rudely. Say it out, say it out loud. Rudely. You remember you went through McDonald's and she didn't put that cheese on your Big Mac? You got up to the, you said, oh, no, you didn't. I told you twice I want cheese on. Girl, I will snatch you out that window, take my money back and slap you. And then drive off and you have the sticker on your bumper. Come visit us at King's Don't even tell them you go to church. And don't point our direction. Take the sticker off. The idea is understanding that there's more to this, that there's a dynamic, that there's something in us to change the world. And it's more than just the exercise of church. There's a power in you that is so great. If you let Jesus live his life live through you, it is so great, it's unstoppable. So great, nothing can defeat it. Nothing. You'll find yourself victorious. You're not offended. One of the things that gets me in the book of Matthew 24, and it says about the last days, we know it's going to be pestilence and earthquakes and darkness, police and love. We get all those signs. We get it. We got it. But he says something there that is really interesting and is one of the major signs of our days. He said, and they will also, the Greek has it, that they will be easy to be offended. Offense is one of the greatest setbacks in our day because we don't know what to do with disappointment. We don't let love handle the disappointment. We want to come out and show us instead of show him.
So what God does, he said, oh, you didn't learn? Let me take you back to school. Because, you know, God knows how to keep you in school for a long time. That's why some people, if you look at them, they look like they've been doing this all their life. They ain't going nowhere. They're moving, but same spot, doing nothing. Same thing. And he will keep you in that same spot till you learn the principle and then embrace the principle, then live the principle. Revelation is not completed until you've lived it. So just knowing it without living it, we got a problem. So God sets us up in situations that's impossible. There's no other way but the love of God. And you've got to experience that. And others around you must experience it as well. This is the reason why I would never forget one time going, they, they, you know, they sent us out for witnessing. I said, okay, I'll go. They said, we want you to go on Main Street. I said, I got it. Main Street. I'm going on Main Street. San Bernardino. Yeah, I, I'm there. We get on Main Street, jacked up. I mean, people are doing drugs. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, the smell, the stench of it was horrible. And the one guy that was with me, which is supposed to be teaching me, he gets, he gets to a place in, in this little alley and it's really bad just really horrible smelling and he goes man this smells like man i can't believe people live and he's talking loud well there's people that are there while he's talking this junk and i'm trying to interrupt him and you know just you know just don't say nothing because we may not get out here live just shut up you know just leave it alone because i mean they don't play in san Bernardino. so i'm going like man just let's just keep going then if you're not going to witness to him shut up and leave him alone let's keep going and he's talking loud and here comes this little girl. Her mother is laying there on drugs. Her mother just got through doing heroin and her mother's out of it. And here's this little girl that stands up that's probably about 11 years old. She stands up and she comes over and says, can you help me? And he goes horribly, it's a horrible thing he said. He said, is that your mother there? No compassion, nothing at all. I said, no, we can't help you. Your mama needs to help you. That's a, that's a, uh, we don't call her, didn't really call her name, but said, without me saying what he said, example, and on he said, and he walked away. And I start walking with him, and I felt this deep conviction in me. How do I leave this little girl and just walk away and pretend and play church? I go back to her. I didn't have much money. I pulled it out, and I put it in her hands. I went over to where the mother was, knelt down, and began to pray for her. And just said, God, would you just touch her, deliver her, set her free. We had a church card. I put the church card in the girl's hand. And I put the church, the other card, in this little wallet thing that this lady had. Now, this is where they're living. This is their state. This is how they're living. Love wants to clean the streets up. Okay. But no, love wants to help the people in the street. I found that there was something in me that was greater than my reasoning. It didn't make sense to do and to walk to church 30 miles a day. It didn't make sense to not care what people say. But love has a way. I'm telling you, love has a way that it, you can suffer and still be kind. I don't care what people tell you. You can suffer and still love people. You can go through things and still prefer them. You can still, I mean, you can go through things and still pray for people. I mean, really, and you can have deep deep love for people i'm not talking about to be seen and recognized and they know my name and did you did you see my did you see me on tv it's not about that it's about understanding why jesus come what did jesus come to do he came to reveal in the book of john the 17th chapter here's what he says this is what god the father wanted he wanted them to know him 
read it. Put it up on the screen for me. John 17. Go to the first verse. Watch this because I believe some of you right now, you are potentially, I'm telling you, you are potentially one of the greatest tools in Alaska. God is going to use you. He's not just going to put money in your hand. I know some of us have been prophesied money. That's great. But more than money and currency, there's going to be a love that's going to flow through you like you have never experienced in your life. Check this out. He said, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son would do what? Now understand those that are real sons don't seek to get glory. They seek to glorify the father. Next verse. Check it out. As you have given him authority over all flesh. What happened? Given them what? Say it out loud. What? You've given authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Now check this verse out. Watch. And this is eternal life. That they may know who? Say it aloud. That they what? The only true God, Jesus Christ, whom you have... If this is eternal life and we're wasting our time just doing church stuff, this is what I love about this ministry. Your pastor, and they're not willing to just do church stuff. They want to win people. What drives you to do that? It has to be more than some social science. What drives you? Not trying to build a church to get rich. What drives you then? There has to be something greater than your reach, greater than what you can see. There has to be something that's driving you so intensely keeps you up in the middle of the night praying for people that you don't even know their name but you see their faces causes you to turn your plate upside down and fast and pray it's not about you no more it's about exactly what Jesus said this is eternal life that they may know you love wants you to know that God's love wants you to know the father one guy came to me one time and he said to me very strongly he said I just don't believe that I said what do you mean you don't believe it he said I believe Jesus loved but he didn't love everybody I said where did you get that verse said he couldn't he didn't love the pharisees he was in, he started trying to reason with it i said so are you telling me that your theological understanding is that jesus didn't love everybody that there were some people that he just couldn't stand is that what you're telling me he said yep i don't believe he loved everybody i said well what makes you think there's something about you that's lovable why would he love you who are you what what is it about you well they had problems they didn't hate they hate him so you're telling me then that jesus it was it was that he gave to them whatever they gave to him. So that's not love. That then is not sovereign. We are serving a sovereign God. And this is what Jesus said. I want them to know you. And to know God, you are going to know a sovereign love. It is absolutely foreign to you. You have no idea. You cannot come up with anything that is going to match this love. That's why even in the Greek, the word, when you talk about agape or agape, you understand real clearly that the Greeks couldn't comprehend this kind of love. They just, there was no word in the Greek itself. It, something that had to be given to us by the Holy Spirit to give us the definition of this love. And I'm telling you right now, as we begin to operate in this love, something is going to happen in Alaska so intense. They're not going to know. Go down to that church they speak in tongues. That's not what they're going to know you by. Go down to that church they're praying for the sick. I don't want them to know me because I'm praying for the sick. Go down to that church because they're giving food away. I can give food away and never love you. What I want is the real imprint of God. I want, I really want them to know the Father. I want them to know his love. And this is the greatest way to know his love is to have a bunch of folks that's out in the snow in Alaska that loves Alaska. 
I'm not saying I don't love Alaska. I'm just saying it's cold. Even she knows it's cold. Look at her. That's the way you do it. This is the way that you sit in church right here. This, this is exactly what the Lord is trying to show some of y'all. This is it. See, there's another two, th- two witnesses right here. God wants us to love so intensely that our hearts is open to those that he has sent. The reason why some of you are not effective is not because you're not speaking in tongues. It's because you're not loving people. It has nothing to do with your skill. You're good at what you do. Oh, you know how to do it. You know, but you don't love people. You are shut in. You shut everybody out. You don't want nobody to hurt you. And you don't understand. That's why disappointment is necessary. It measures you. It helps you understand where you're not. And also where you are. It gives you the real address to where your heart is. When you stand around, you got excuse for you know, I would have loved them, but they hurt my feelings. What are you talking about? Feelings? Is that all you're talking about is feelings? You know, I'm sure Jesus was hanging on the cross and said, boy, hey, that next strike, put it on me. I mean, put some stink on it this time. What do you think it was because he was feeling good? <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't on the cross because it felt good. He was on the cross because that was the payment to get you and I free. He wasn't on the cross because that everybody was applauding him. Look at him. He's dying so well. He was on the cross being mocked. And for those of you that don't understand where he was and how he was on the cross, there was nothing covering him at all. He was completely naked. The only thing that covered his loins was his own blood. It wasn't these little cute pictures. It was absolutely horrible and horrific, the death that he died, a criminal death, to die for people that he knew hated him, disdained him, mocked him, laughed at him. He didn't wait until you applauded him or gave to him or helped him or fed him. He died for us while we were yet sinners. He laid his life down. And now for us to demand people to love us in order to love them, that's against principle. It's against the nature of who God is you don't have to be a certain color from a certain culture if you're in the world it is my absolute privilege to love you for the sake of the father because I want everybody to know who Jesus is God sent his son so the world would know that the father loves them put your hand up if you know he loves you so here's what we're dealing with then we're dealing with some of us sitting here I love you I'm not attacking you I love you some of you said in your own ways. You done already said, I will never. You, you already said in your own ways and you don't even get it. You think it's God because you're comfortable. There is a comfort that's not of God. There's a peace that's not of God. There's an enjoyment that the father doesn't bring. When you can enjoy loving the way you love, we've got a problem. When you're confident that you don't have to go out and do anything and win anybody and you're okay with inactivity. We have a problem. When you're okay and you're saying to yourself, well, I'm tired now. What do you mean you're tired? The Holy Spirit will energize you to get the job done. Can you see Jesus now in the garden? Can you see him now getting ready to die for some? Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you picture it in your mind? Can you picture what the garden must have been like for the son of God? God himself wrapped in human flesh to come die for folks that guaranteed him nothing. There was no guarantee we would ever get saved, not from our lips, not from our heart. We didn't say if you come, we didn't even know how jacked up we was. We didn't even know we needed a savior. We had no idea, no clue. Worshiping, as Paul talked about, we were already walking in darkness. We were already bound and addicted to idolatry. But then God delivered us, not because we knew we needed deliverance. Even when you talk about Adam and Eve, it blows my mind. Why would you trade, why would you trade the garden for a piece of fruit? 
What is it about us that will take something so small and trade eternity? What is it about us that we think that we can profit from the junk in this life when the Bible said it is constantly fleeting? What is it about us that this is okay? This is a false, a false comfort. But there is a God that loves. There is a God that will cause you to be uneasy and discomforted in your heart. There's a God that will mess you up. Have you prayed for your neighborhood? When was the last time that you got in your car and drove around with tears rolling down your face? When was, I don't even know y'all have a mall in this place. I don't know if y'all got a shop. I can only think of a flea mart. I don't know. All I see is trees when I look out there. I don't know. I ain't seen one building yet. Just houses, beautiful houses as that. I don't know, but I do know where I flew in at. Where was it at? In Akron? Anchorage. Where did I say Akron? The same spirit on me about Donahue is on me about Akron, Anchorage. I just know that it's a beautiful city. All of this place is beautiful. But do you understand there's thousands of people that don't know him? Thousands. And you are called to carry that. Not to be religious. Not to be proud. Not to be puffed up. You're proud to carry the gospel. You're not proud to be acknowledged or you're not, you're not anointed to be acknowledged. You are anointed to carry the gospel. I'm going to ask you a question. You ready? Because here's my concern. Here's my question. Here it is. How much do you love? How deep is it? When's the last time you measured it? You still mad about somebody? Still mad with somebody? Somebody get on your nerve? Did you almost slap somebody? Pull their wig off? Whatever. What's going on? What has you set up now with your heart haughty that has given you a reason to disconnect? Are you that one that's been coming to church, sitting in the back and refuse to get involved? Are you that one that says, I will never return my tithe or give my offering or be a part of a ministry? Has the enemy damaged your heart so much that you leak everything God gives you? Is there something going on in you that you cannot keep? Has the enemy lied to you for so long that you actually convinced that God can't heal your heart and turn things around for you? Have we been in church for so long and had all of these experiences that now we become numbed when God speaks? I'm telling you today, your greatest weapon, if I may use that, your greatest expression is going to be the love of God. There's nothing greater than you opening up your heart and saying, God, love through me. I remember one time as just a kid, I was in school and my students found out that I was going to preach. And they were going, Hooks is going to preach? I can't believe that because I was crazy. So they were shocked that I was a preacher. They started calling me the preacher boy, the preacher kid. I said, okay. So little girl was coming to our school, was in high school. So I come into school and she had a leg. I can't remember if it was palsy, whatever it was, that left her leg skinny and had her her muscles and everything deteriorated and she had a brace on her leg kids used to laugh at her as she walked she couldn't run she didn't have the speed nobody was really that patient with her but after God saved me and things began to happen something happened in my faith I'd seen God do some miracles came to school one morning and saw her walking by the lockers. I said, I want to pray for you at lunchtime. She's a Catholic. She said, what? I said, I want to pray for you at lunchtime. And I began to talk to her about God's healing. This love, overwhelming love came up on me for her. Went to the cafeteria. The 
kids started hanging around, you know, trying to see this preacher guy, 15, 16 years old. The bell is getting ready to ring about five minutes. I said, I need to pray for you right now. Set her down and took off that brace. I said, God's going to heal you today. I don't think so. I know so. You're walking today. And she said, okay, whatever. She didn't have no idea what was going to happen. God grew that young lady's leg out about three and a half inches. Grew it out. And it started feeling her muscles and everything begin to extend and grow. She gets up and she starts walking. Then she starts running. This is a true story. She starts running. I'm rejoicing. I'm praising God. The kids are like screaming, losing their head. They are like, they can't believe it. So I made sure that they were around. You get it? Get to my class. I'm crying. I'm rejoicing. God heals this girl. The next thing I get, not only a slip, but I get this guy come in to take me to the principal's office. He takes me to the principal's office. And he said, sit down. I said, yes, sir. Did I do anything? He said, yeah, you did something. He said, how am I going to explain to the parents of this young lady that she's walking? You don't have a license to practice medicine. What am I supposed to say? And I said, well, sir, I just need to get up and go home then. And he grabs me and throws me un- into the chair. Well, the girl out in front of the desk, the friend of, of ours, saw him do that. She immediately calls my mom. My mom calls my uncle. My uncle is all the way hood. Just totally, you know, carry the gun, we'll shoot you. One of those, it's crazy. So I sit down and I'm just sitting there and he's like spit in my face. Do you have any idea what you just done? Do you understand I can't do anything now? The girl is sitting out in the front. She's now sitting waiting to talk to the principal after he just screams at me, spit in my face. Said, this is not a place for you to pray. I said, I didn't know that. God never told me that. He told me to pray always. uh, I didn't know much scripture. I knew that verse. My uncle comes in. Not a good deal. By that time, he's sitting at the desk not knowing what to do. He's panicked, sweating bullets. He just don't. He just don't know what to do. I said, sir, can you just simply rejoice with us that God healed her? Don't talk to me about God. He didn't believe in God. He was an atheist. I said, well, how else? Explain to me how this girl got healed. And he couldn't say anything. I said, the proof is there. She's carrying her brace. She's not wearing it. She's carrying her brace. I said, you've never seen a miracle. I said, but I see them every service. What kind of church? I mean, he's screaming. He can't talk right. Like he had a demon or something. I, you know, I'm glad I was humble then. And my uncle hears him, walks in, and he's sitting at the desk. My uncle pulls out his gun, put it on the desk, grabs him by the collar, tears rolling down my uncle's face. He said, if you ever touch my nephew again, there's going to be a funeral, and it's going to be yours. I said, uncle, don't kill this man. I almost felt like saying, Harpo! Who that woman? 
I said, I'm saying, uncle, don't kill this man. Don't kill him. Please don't. Because he's going to kill him. This guy's like sweat. Oh my God, he's nervous. Oh, well, Mr. Ingram, Mr. Ingram, I'm sorry, Mr. Ingram, but I just, let me explain to you. Let me explain to you. And my uncle grabbed his gun, put it in right here. You know, back in the day, they didn't play. Put his gun right here. To explain to me. Now, my uncle ain't saved. He said, explain to me. Explain before I cut your throat. Explain to me. And I'm crying now. I'm going, I'm nervous. I'm going, oh my God. We're going to have, now we God got to raise the dead. God, you know I mean? like, this is a bad deal. And he began to explain, well, there was this young girl and she was crippled and started explaining. And my uncle was looking at him. And after he explains it, he start, my uncle started weeping. He said, are you telling me that you grabbed my nephew because whoever healed her, he's, she's healed, right? And he goes, I don't know what you call it. And he said some few choice words that um, came from the, the, uh, the story of Boaz. And he, he says something. And he began to drill him, not saved. Finally, the girl that was healed come walking in, crying. And she says to the principal, why are you being so mean to the man that healed me? And I stopped her. I said, I didn't heal you. Get that straight. God healed you. It opened up the entire campus for me to have revival. Before long, they were going to church with me. Kids that never saw miracles saw blind eyes. One kid walked in, had been playing soccer, got kicked in the face, broke his nose, his bone is over on this side, blood running out. His friends are carrying him, trying to rush him to the office. And they were screaming at me, said, if God is real, how come God won't heal him? I said, he will, bring him here. That day I didn't want to work out because it was it was it was uh, football season and I didn't have them my legs yet. I didn't want them to see my my legs. I had skinny legs and I was embarrassed with my legs, so I had on sweats. So I didn't have to go out. They brought him over to me and I just put my hand on his on his nose and said, Father, in Jesus' name, and like a hand up under my hand, snapped this nose in place, the bleeding stopped immediately. People in our school got saved. Over 22 students was filled with the Holy Spirit. Six, including my science teacher, who was an atheist, who I got sent to the office because he said, there is no God. You can't see him. You can't touch him. You can't feel him. I said, he said, yes, Mr. Hooks. I said, well, then you don't have a brain. I can't see it. I can't feel it. I can't touch it. He said, get out. I said, okay. I, I took that one. I mean, come on. I mean, seriously? When the love of God compels you, when it drives you, something happens. Miracles become the norm of your life. How many of y'all want the miraculous? Put your hand up if you want the miraculous. Here's what we're going to do. I want to pray for folks that's tired of loving the wrong way. You're weary of the disappointments and don't even know that you're in the classroom to learn them. You have to exercise your love, exercise your faith. Now I'm going to ask you a question. You ready? How many of you can be honest and say, man, I have not been loving right. Ooh, Lord, help me. Put your hand up high. Put it up. Some of you are looking at me, yeah, I ain't been loving right and it's you I ain't loving. Put your hand up. Let me see. Hold it up. Hold it up high. Lift it up. Don't have no pride. Lift it up like you just won a contest. She put her hand up. Put it up. 
You know you've been playing a lot over the last few weeks. Put that hand up. Now, while that hand is lifted, I'm going to ask you to do something. I need you to do it immediately. You say, I want to be delivered from what's holding me back. Because if the love of God is going to help me touch people that are jacked up, I need him to baptize me in his love. You stand up without hesitation. Get up. You got some folks you need to forgive. Be honest now. In-laws, outlaws, somebody that broke your law, put it, put it, let me see your hand. Hold it up high. Hold it up. Now look at me. That could be one of the reasons why that God has you in what is called the ministry of repeats. Where you go through the same cycle again and again until you learn the principle. You hear me? But how many of you are grateful that God brings us out? Put your hand up. Next thing I want you to do, without hesitation, I want you to make yourself your way to the front now. Right now. Don't hesitate. As a matter of fact, grab somebody's hand and come down. Grab their hand. I love your hair. How's your back? You're doing good. God gave her a miracle yesterday. going to pray for you and God's going to release the love of God in you and let me tell you something as God releases this love I need you to look at me there are things you have never thought to do you have never served the way you're about to serve this ministry is not going to blow up because we just have people it's going to be because we have people that love correctly so there's things that's going to happen that's never happened in your life tell me what I said You're going to love your enemies so much until it's going to scare them. You hear me? Some of you, God's going to deliver you from cussing right now. Every family reunion. Leave that alone. God is going to do something extraordinary for you. Some of you that are married, you've never fallen in love the way you're going to be in love right now. Hearts are going to be healed. Lift your hands up. Lift them up high. Lift them up high. High as you can up high as you can I want you to say these words with me say them loud as you can I don't want no whispering I want it to come from your heart I want you to say father it's your will that I know you. It's your will that I know your love, that I operate in your love. It is your will that I'm baptized in your love. Pastor Bruno, come help me as well. Say it again. It's your will that I'm completely freed to love people exactly the way you have. And I can't do that on my own. Baptize me in your love. Control me by your love. Lord, I'll never serve the way that I'm going to. I'll never give the way that I'm going to. I will never care the way that I'm going to. Say this with all your heart. I receive it. I receive it right now. 
Now I want you to open your mouth. I don't want you to clap your hands. I want you to open your mouth right now and tell God how much you love him and how much you love his love and how much you want to be just like him. You want to love just like him. Come on, do it right now. Our pastors, come on. Come on. All over the place. Come on. So All over the house. Real simple. Real simple. Come on. Never the same. This is where everything changes. Right here. Having faith to remove mountains is not the issue. Having all knowledge is not the issue. Giving your body to be burned is not the issue. You can do all of that without. But God, in the name of Jesus, I never want this man ever to be the same. Baptize him. Heal his mind. Heal his heart. Heal this man. Heal his man. Break every spirit of rejection that has come against them. And we declare now a healed heart, a healed ministry, a healed vision. Totally heal this man in the name of Jesus. I never want him to be the same. Never. Open up your mouth everywhere and intercede for a moment. Do it. Do it. All over the house. Do it now. God for your glory heal this woman commanded commanded healing in her body in her mind God to use you in miracles right now. Put your hand up. Hold it up. Love qualifies you, I tell you. Come here, sir. In the red. Yes, you. Set. Come here. So, Rabbi come on, little bit. You needed this today. I'm telling you, God is going to do something for you, sir. What's your name? Paul? Great name. I love that name. Father, in Jesus' name, do something extraordinary for Paul. Never want his life to be the same. Never, never, every struggle, the way he sees and views himself, Help him to see himself exactly the way you do. Give him the kind of insight, Father, that is going to free him from all rejection. Lord, he embraces you in a way, God, that is so amazing. 
that there's absolutely no resistance for what you want to do with him. I also pray for the family. Pray for his relationship with his wife. God, let this be a honeymoon moment. Let it be an absolute honeymoon moment. Thank you for what you're doing this very moment. Heal the mind and the thinking. And we decree it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something very strange, Paul. I want you to put your arms around your wife. Is this a boy? That's a big boy. How is he? He's only two weeks. It's a big boy. Good looking boy. I want you to pray for your wife. Now let me say this to you. There is a love that is going to be a fountain that's going to flow from you. That's going to be very different than what you've experienced before in your life. You're a good man. We're trusting God to do something with you that is way beyond what you've seen before. Amen. Hands lifted everywhere. While your hands are lifted, I want you to look at me. Those of you that can, if you want God to begin to use you in the miraculous. I was a young kid when I started seeing miracles. Young. I love to see God do his thing. Have a long track record of seeing God do his thing. How many of you all understand that? If you want God to begin to use you in the miraculous, it's not going to happen just because you have faith. It's going to happen because your faith is working by love. Do you understand the, do you understand the principle? Put your hand up if you understand it. Here's what you're going to do. Are you ready? Are you ready? You're going to declare that Alaska is coming to God. What did I say to you? You're going to declare, what do we say, Anchorage? Did I get it right that time? Come on, y'all. Did I get it right? You're going to declare that a great revival is going to break loose throughout Alaska. It is not going to be a revival that just speaks in tongues. You hear me? It's going to be a revival where the love of God is manifested so intensely. You're going to find yourself in places that you never would have dreamed of looking for people to find Jesus. How many of you hear me? How many of you understand what I'm saying to you? The other thing is, I want to see you young people, God, use you in the miraculous. You need to know God wants to use you. So while your hands are lifted, supernatural anointing. Supernatural. Now I want you to open your mouth too. That's it. Open your mouth and begin to worship. Supernatural anointing upon you. That from this moment forth, you're going to operate in a love that is so intense. God is going to set up opportunity. All of the disappointment, don't take it personal. It helps us measure where we are. It helps us measure whether or not we're really operating in the love of God. But while your hands are lifted and you're beginning to cry out to God, is this your wife here? I pray for your family. Come here, please. You're not distressed. God knows exactly what's happening. Stretch your hand toward this dear woman. I not only pray for your family, I pray for you. Pray for your body. We curse every single thing that's going on in her. Command in the name of Jesus that this woman be healed. Do y'all believe God to heal her right now? I believe something's happening now. Do you believe that? In the name of Jesus, God give her an absolute miracle. All the praise is going to be your hallelujah right there. Right there. That simple. That simple. Everybody says it's done. Do you believe that? I believe something happened just like that. I really believe that. Can you shout for a moment? Can you shout for a moment?
Something happened to you. Now, let me say this before Pastor comes. When I came in here earlier, I saw something. It's rare that I see this, but I saw something really strange. And it had to do with blood. I, it had to do with blood. I don't know exactly what's going on in your blood. But if you're having issues in your blood, in your blood, that's speaking of, in, I don't care what it is. I had one lady come to us and she had this rare, rare blood disease. And it caused her entire body to break out into these rashes that was really horrible looking. She was embarrassed to go anywhere. She covered up constantly. I don't care how hot it was. Her whole, she just covered up, looked like a mummy. And um, I didn't have any idea, you know, what exactly was the issue. And the Lord showed me that it was something in her blood, that something was going on. Listen, within three days, the rash completely, completely healed. I mean, like, you can see the healing. I don't mean it was without the scars, but it began to dry up and God began to heal her. This is the God that you're serving. You're serving a God that cares about you physically, spiritually. He cares about you financially. He cares about you in terms of how you think and why you think what you think. And he wants to heal you. Can he heal you? Would you let him? So if something is going on in your blood, high blood, low blood, whatever it is, I want you to lift your hands up because I want God to heal you right now. Holding your hand up high. I want you to experience the healing of God because he has no problem with doing that. No problem. It's his joy to do the, to do so. Father, in Jesus' name, some of these people were here the first service at 8. They were here at the 9 or 10, whatever it was, 10 o'clock, and they're here now. Almost six hours they've been in church. And there's no way in the world that you would ignore people that would come to wait on you. Heal these folks that are having any blood issues. I don't care what it is. Cleanse the blood. Do something extraordinary in them. When they go to their doctors, may it blow the doctor's minds in the name of Jesus. We want to have nothing but good reports and good news. Lord, I don't mean in just a few months, but God, do this now for your glory. And we're going to give you all of the praise. Do y'all believe that's done? Put your hand up if you believe it's done. Open your mouth and shout if you believe it's done. Say it again. It's done. Last thing I'm going to say to you, one, some of you need to get on your email and maybe type that relative that you've been holding stuff in, unforgiveness, and say, look, I love you. Some of you people owe you money. You know you ain't getting back from some, you know, need you holding it over their head. You need to drop the charge. I've got folks that I love like that. They owe me bank, but what's the point? I'm not, I don't want them to feel stranger on me. I have too much. I have more. I have, I think of too much what God has let me suffer through to hold something against them. And I can't give them what God has entrusted me with. So I don't hold money. It's not, it's not that important to me. How many do you understand? So if you know, you know that cousin ain't going to pay you back that $400. Stop tripping. And you sold them a phone and they won't pay you for that. Don't worry about that stuff. I want my iPhone back. That thing is broke, flushed down the toilet. Don't worry about it. Let stuff go so you can be released. Put your hand up if you heard me. Let it go. And if you've been offended, let that stuff go. Everybody say, I need to let it go. If you come to church and nobody shook your hand, get over it. Let, let it go. And if you come here and you can't love this church, something's wrong with you anyway. These are some of the most loving people I ever met in my life. From the day you, from the moment you walk in, how you doing? Okay, I'm doing fine. My God, they love you so many ways. You got to like one of them. That comes from this man right here. He's a loving man. How many appreciate your pastor? So, so here's what I want you to do. This is on the second thing. You're going to text it. You're going to talk to your in-laws. You're not going to bring anything up. You're going to say, 
I'm learning to love. And I want you to know I love you. I've never loved perfectly, but I love you. Dad, you hurt me. You wouldn't around. Not a baseball game. You abandoned me. Whatever. You don't want to bring that up. You simply want to be able to say to yourself, I've got to let this stuff go. You hear me? And some of you got father issues right now. And it's killing you. You can't even love your children right. You scream at them and yell them. Or you call them stupid so much that they think their name is stupid. They won't even respond when you call them their name. Henry. Okay, stupid. Oh, what, mom? I mean, that's not what God wants. Talk to me, y'all. And I know you didn't learn that from pastor. I watched the way he interacts with his kids. So there's no way you learned that from him. So we got to let that stuff go. Let love come in your home and govern your house. Put your hand up if you heard me. Put it up. So y'all ready? This is the last prayer for right now anyway. Got them up. Father in Jesus name. Thank you for the strength, the power, the wisdom. Thank you for the fact that many of us are now humbling ourselves. We refuse to live this life without love. It's a horrible thing to have a loveless life. Today we embrace it. We don't want the religious love. We don't want the Pharisees' love. We don't want just any kind. We want your love to fill our hearts and to change us forever. We decree it. We call it done. And in Jesus' name, we claim Alaska. We say to Alaska, hear the word of the Lord. You shall be saved. If you believe that, open your mouth and shout like you lost your mind. Shout like you lost your mind. Shout like you lost your mind. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Keep clapping your hands and singing as you return to your seats. Come on, Pastor Josh. Will the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Hallelujah. You may be seated for just a moment. It would not be right for us to not receive a love offering for our dear brother. Amen. So let's go ahead and give. Ushers, please help us out right now. Thank you so much, Bishop. God impacted me. We're in the midst of our prophetic conference tonight, just a few hours, 6 o'clock. Pre-service prayer at 5. Come pray with us upstairs in the generation room if you want to. If you need an envelope, go ahead and slip your hand up. Come on, the measure of a good offering is that everybody does something. Everybody obey God. God says don't give, don't. If you're not prepared, you want to do that tonight, you can certainly do it tonight. We're going to bless the man of God. You can give using your iPhone. If you've not downloaded the app or your Android or your device, text Casey Wasilla to 77977. It's on the screen. And you can utilize that technology to worship the Lord. The entirety of this afternoon's offering will go to our dear brother, Bishop Robert Hooks. What a blessing you are. Will you come back? Put your hands together for him, won't you?
ready? Let's bless him. Ushers, would you come? Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift that you have given us in Bishop Robert Hook's First Lady's wife, his children, church there in Visalia. Be able to preach and teach the Word of God with unction and humor, anointing that breaks the yoke. Lord, we commit to be a church that loves deeply already declared and proclaimed now bless this gift God multiply it many times over to the giver as well as to our dear brother bring forth even a hundredfold return for the glory of God bless your people bless Bishop Robert Hooks God the church there open those doors release favor the world may experience your power, your love, as never before in and through his ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, go ahead. Well, the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Yes, there is. Would you stand with us? Well, the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Every chain is broken through you, Jesus. Well, the Spirit of the Lord will When the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yeah. Every chain, every chain is broken through you, Jesus. When the Spirit, when the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Out every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't you leave this place. Don't you leave this place without being reconciled to Him. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. Call on His name. If you believe in your heart, the Apostle Paul said, and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. If you're here, you don't know for sure heaven is your home. You've never believed on Jesus. You've never given your heart to Jesus. You've never repented. Ask Him to forgive you. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift, the gift, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Or maybe you've given your heart to him and you need to recommit today. Won't you do that before you leave the service? If that's you, don't play church. Get right with God. Do it now. Pray this right out loud. Say, dear Jesus. Come on, those of you need to need to pray, many of us affirming our faith. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my life. Wash me. 
cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd fill, touch, bless, heal, break every chain, every bondage, every curse. And give your people, give us a hunger for your word and a deep desire to reach the lost with the love of God. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Take someone by the hand. Come on, reach across the aisles. Take someone by the hand as we close. I know we've gone a little bit longer. Sometimes it takes a little bit to bring a deposit. Amen. Don't miss tonight. Service starts at 6 o'clock. Pastor Josh going to preach. Monday morning starts at 9. Goes all morning till noon. And then we go in the afternoon and prophesy over individuals that are registered you can register today if you want to sunday uh, monday night bishop hooks will be closing out our conference you come invite somebody let's pack this place out we'll pull out every chair we got and we'll have revival tonight bishop hooks also going to play he's an amazing musician you don't want to miss tonight going to flow a little bit and have a lot of fun it'll be a holy ghost party tonight amen lord bless your people cause your face to shine upon them lift up your countenance towards them be gracious to us Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you tonight.